0: Welcome to the Essential HR Podcast, where today I sit down with Brittany Eisenman, CEO and lead strategist at Gen Elevate, where we discuss employee engagement in a multi generational workforce. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice and is for general educational purposes only. If you do need legal advice, please contact your own attorney. Good morning, and welcome to the Essential HR Podcast. I'm your host Brian Gorman here with Brittany Eisenman today from Jen Elevate, and excited about uh, having you on, Brittany, and, and looking forward to our discussion today. and And um, wanted to maybe have you start off by talking about yourself, Jen Elevate, what you do, and maybe just give our listeners an idea of who you are and 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 what uh, you have going on right now.
1: Yes, thank you, Brian. I appreciate being on. When employees are fully engaged with their work and their coworkers and your big important mission, the research shows that they're less likely to think about leaving. Mm. I built my organization, Gen Elevate, around the idea that your fully engaged workforce will pull your company into the bright future and everyone on your team will be oriented by your big important mission. Mm. And of course there's side effects like saving money from less turnover and spending less money on healthcare because your employees in general are happier. So they're missing fewer days and getting less sick. So Gen elevate is all around the idea of employee engagement, Hmm. removing barriers and finding your pain points and fixing those so that your employees can be as engaged as possible.
0: That's fantastic. It's, it's, um, a very relevant topic right now. I think that when we talked uh, last week, uh, we talked a little bit about this being employee engagement being so important right now in the HR uh, world. I think everybody's talking about it. I think after, um, you know, still in the pandemic, but kind of going through that and seeing that a lot of organizations are, are really um, wanting to care for their employees and, and do it in unique ways. But I think we wanted to talk about um, maybe with uh, the different generations that are in the work workforce now. I think we there's five, right? I mean, really, there's five generations that are crossing paths right now in in, in day-to-day work. So I think I wanted to start maybe talking about that and maybe starting with with Gen Z and and maybe defining who Gen Z is and then you know how would uh, Gen Z engage with um, you know their work differently than um, I guess someone like me or your Gen X you know right how would how would Gen Z do that I guess maybe start we'll start with that one.
1: Yes, Gen Z is the youngest generation in the workplace right now. The youngest members of this generation are still in elementary school. They're just about 10, 11. Yes, Okay. Okay. (laughs) but the oldest ones are about 25, 26 this year.
0: Okay.
1: And this generation is also creeping up toward making up a quarter of our workforce. Wow. Yes, Wow. so HR departments are really shifting from the focus on those big groups of millennials and really focusing on what Gen Z wants. And it's quite a shift. It's quite a difference. Um, They're similar to Gen X in that they are pretty independent whereas millennials and boomers are pretty team oriented.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. But they're different than all the other generations as far as their willingness to take risk is really low. Mm, So this generation grew up in lots of economic craziness and also a lack of safety in general public places and in their schools.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That would make that would that would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: The most important factor for Gen Zers at work is safety. And that doesn't just mean felt safety and mental health safety which are important but they want to know that they are physically safe at work. Mm. They want to see your policy about a live shooter on campus. They want to know what you do about domestic abuse. And if a domestic abuser would come onto campus or come into your building, what would you do about that? They want to mm. know that they are physically safe at work so that they can be comfortable enough to relax and work.
0: Wow, interesting, that's fascinating. Um, you know, how, how do, I guess the different generations tend to approach leadership at work. And what's that look like for some of the, some of the generations that are currently, um, you know, out, out working in the workforce today.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, boomers are of course still our leaders and they are still leading the way they tend to be um, a little less communicative because, or at least it can feel that way to the other generations Mm -hmm. because for them, If their boss came to talk to them that meant something was wrong so they're naturally bent (laughs) yeah yeah so they're naturally bent to talk less kind of as a way to indicate things are okay you're doing well keep going
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely um what about what about um i'm curious because me being in gen Gen x what about gen x what are your thoughts on that as far as um (laughs) i'm just curious you know um what, what that would look like um Cause I have my own thoughts in my head, but what do what are your thoughts on what that, what, um, mm-hmm. that generation, cause we I grew up, we grew up in the eighties and, you know, what's, yeah. and you know, here we're all, um, you know, still that generation still really work kind of in that. Are, are we the biggest one right now in the, in the workplace? Gen X. Yeah.
1: I don't think you are I don't know We're catching
0: up. <laughs> Just
1: because you're I mean Gen X is the middle child for sure. <laughs> They're stuck between this big group of boomers and this big, you know, um, group of millennials too. Sure. But yes, Gen Xers are very independent. They can kind of solve any problem. Right. And so they expect that other people can kind of solve any problem. Right, and mm-hmm. I think
0: I guess speaking for myself, I think the technology that you see like millennials, you know, have and and use, and um, I think we we pick it up pretty well too. I think I think, but mm-hmm. I think and I, looking at my, um, you know, I have three three daughters. Twenty one is my oldest, and then then the uh, two two teenagers, but. Um, you, you almost give it to them to put together, right? You're like, hey, you, you set up my phone. I can use it all day long, but you can set it up for me. You know that but they do it without even it's just like a couple of clicks. It's just it's just fascinating how, how that all all works with um with technology. That's just so so important because different organizations, um I mean I've worked worked at some that haven't embraced technology and then there are some that have completely embraced it and you're like this is just fantastic. But then you can think, you know, the technology is just can be overwhelming for some people, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But there are so many benefits to it too. So very interesting.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I am kind of on the cusp between Gen X and millennials. Sure. Um, Yes, so I have come across multiple situations where people assume I kind of understand the latest and greatest technology, but I am a late adopter. And Uh so I just watch and watch and then finally pick it up later. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how you know we can have these frameworks for understanding how the different generations work, but there's always going to be outliers, and that's so important to understand too. Like when you're interacting with your coworkers, you're not interacting with a stereotype, you're interacting with a real person. It's helpful to understand their yes. expectations based on their age, but that's not the be-all end all.
0: Oh, uh, a fantastic point. Yeah, that's that's so so true. Um and, and maybe Brittany, how how do generation, I guess, based expectations show up at work? Because um, all of this coming in, you know, I, I guess, on a daily basis, right? Have different expectations and, well, I guess, different requirements of us. But how does how does that work and, and from your perspective?
1: Yes. Boomers and millennials both like to work on teams and be contributors. So be on committees, um, even cross-departmental teams, things like this.
0: Mm-hmm
1: boomers grew up sharing almost everything Mm. teamwork was the only way to get by and you had to be extremely exemplary to pop out of the crowd in elementary school and high school because there were suddenly so many children in these classrooms so boomers expect that your community shared things like maybe printers that those are going to be respected and well taken care of by everyone because their childhood experience was if you wreck it, it's done. Maybe mm. they even had to share books, you know, and so them and their partner they had to respect the book because they both needed it. Yeah. So that's wow. a big boomer expectation, you know, company cars that those are left clean and filled up with gas, things like that.
0: Sure. Well, wow. And so it's just I love, I love it. it's so fascinating and, and how this all how this all works and in because um, it's just so important, right? So it's it's for everyone, for, especially from an HR perspective to to, to be there for all your, all your employees. And, um, I guess, you know, many boomers are heading into retirement, right? Um, yes. uh, just given where we are and, and what do you do they want out of their final years in the workforce? Maybe what are you seeing out there and what are you noticing? And maybe some of the, the trends and, and, you know, thoughts around, around that.
1: Yes. The younger youngest boomers are headed towards 60, if mm. not already there, mm-hmm. um, they're, Workplace got so upended, just the norm is so different than when they started. So every boomer that's in the workforce today has really had to adjust a lot to expectations. Things like longevity at a company and mm. seeing the people behind them not doing the same thing they did, putting in the time to get promotion by promotion. Mm-hmm. What I see in the companies that, you know, I do surveys and data work in is that boomers just want to end well. They wanna know that what they contributed was meaningful. And that doesn't necessarily need to be um, like rewards or recognition as far as the job goes, but even things like the ability to do mentorships with younger people uh, that are coming in. Some, even some of those Gen Zers, they love to pour in to those coming behind. And many of them know, you know, they've seen how much they had to adjust. And they know that the, the work world for Gen Zers and millennials is already different than what the boomers know, but they have that wisdom and they want to impart that before they leave the
0: workplace. Mm. Well said, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so I want to maybe switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, maybe some, to get to know you a little bit better. Uh-huh. Uh, so from an HR standpoint, uh, just kind of some fun questions here. Uh, you know, what do you love most about HR? And um, uh, just so much there with, with that, but what, maybe pinpoint a couple of things that you love so much about about um, about HR and, and what that means to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a story to lead okay. up to this. <laughs> Um, A few years ago, I got to hear a paraplegic named Kevin speak. Um, He and his friends have written a book called We Carry Kevin. And he told this story about, he wanted to explore different places around the world. And so his friends built a special backpack where they could carry him just on all kinds of different trips around the world. So they were on the Great Wall of China and he had two friends that were going back and forth carrying him. Now this is an arduous task. Never mind having somebody on your back. And so his friends were, of course, tiring out, but around them were Chinese journalists just kind of documenting it, you know, for local papers, et cetera. And at one point he had a friend that was really struggling and a journalist that had been walking beside them put away her, I think, microphone and notebook, whatever she had. And she just put her hand on the backpack and helped to push just to give that friend some extra support. Mm. And when I heard that part of the story, I started sobbing. Sure. And I didn't know why for a while, but I realized it was because that's where I belong. I don't belong out front doing these great, loud, bold things. I belong in the space that supports people who are doing the hard work, who are throwing their all in the arena. Mm. And that's what I appreciate, appreciate about HR. They are doing the hard work. To push forward the company's big mission by keeping things like regulation straight, but also doing things like sweetening the pot for employee engagement, making sure that this is a great place to work every day.
0: Right. Oh, I think that's, that's what I love most about HR. That is awesome. That is fantastic. Love that story. Love that story. Um, wh- I guess what advice Brittany would you give someone wanting to pursue a career, you know, in HR or similar to what to what you do?
1: Mm-hmm. So I have a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology, which is pretty broad for a master's degree. You can do a lot. A lot of people do go into HR. Mm -hmm. My advice would be to pick out a topic and start there, really delve deep. So for me, that was onboarding. I did my um, master's degree research project on onboarding, and through that- Yeah, yeah. Through that, I realized employee engagement is where it's at. You've got to hook people on day one, and then still be there 20 years later, if they're still with you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just pick that lane and then broaden from there. But find something you really are passionate about or are drawn to with your skills and strengths, and just pour into the research, get good at that one thing. And then from there, you can expand.
0: Awesome. Now that onboarding piece you mentioned is, I think so important. I think it can really make or break someone's experience. You're right. Just on day one, how easy is it to, to, to fill out my documents, to enroll for my benefits, you mm-hmm. know, to get um, um, the interaction, that initial interaction. I think you're right. That's so important. That's, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Um, what is the one common myth I guess about the HR field that you want to maybe debunk and say, you know what, that's not, that's not true, right? So what, what are your thoughts on, on that?
1: I think it can feel like HR is the enemy hmm. when you're an employee, especially if you're not in a leadership role. And while HR does work for the organization and not you, the people that are in HR in there because they care about employees and they want to make your life better. So they are someone that you can go to if you need something improved, or if you have a barrier that, you know, your leaders aren't able to remove for you. And while they're not your therapist, they're not your enemy, and they're <laughs> not someone to just be feared. They have to keep the regulations and going and everything buttoned up. Right. But just because they work for the company doesn't mean they work against you.
0: Right. Good. Great point, great point. Um, and then to wrap up, uh, what is the biggest lesson? We're, we're recording here in, in late January 2021. Uh, what is the biggest lesson you are taking from the events of, of last year in 2020 into into the new year here?
1: Um, consistency used to be a bad word in my world. <laughs> I am more creative um, and like to think up new ideas and go chase them. But in 2020, I learned I don't have to be the best or the biggest or the loudest. I just have to keep showing up, period. And if that's all I have, that's fine.
0: Wow, that's awesome.
1: I really learned to love consistency in 2020. And I never thought that was gonna happen in my life.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, just showing up, I think that's, that's, that's huge. I think you're right. I think the creative piece too, just having enough time to slow down a little bit And rushing around where we're all kind of, you know, working from home and just the ability to be able to, I don't know, I felt that way a little bit too, being able to slow down has been, been a good thing in a a lot of ways. So that's awesome. Um, So Brittany, how can someone that wants to get in touch with you can maybe use your, your services? How can someone connect with you um, and reach out to you?
1: I'm very active on LinkedIn, Brittany Eisenman, comma, M-A-I-O. You can also reach me at Brittany at genelevate.com. spelled G-E-N-E-L-E-V-A-T-E.
0: Awesome. Perfect. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for your time today. I very much enjoyed getting to know more about you and what you do and the different generations and and employee engagement and and, uh, wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Essential HR Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week where we sit down with another HR thought leader and talk about trends and topics in the HR world today.